0: Off top, platypuses don't have nipples. They just ooze milk from their skin. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Platypus? Oh, it's definitely platypuses. Anyway, welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show. That's Charlie Kravis asking questions that he can easily Google because I'm not sure what the answer is. We are joined by our buddy, everybody's favorite analyst, the great Mina Kimes. What's up, bud?
1: never been so jealous of platypuses until Cladopie? we don't know we platypi. haven't decided
2: we're going put i say pusses he says pie i would google it but i'm deep in the ryan chazier oh, memes, so i can't oh he's such know. a problem
1: uh yeah the you're gonna tell them why you went with that off top you want to No,
0: i have no answer? reason no no i i went with that off top because i like it i find they also have a venomous talon did you know that no, uh, with just one talent? I believe so. It's just one little spike. They stab. It's yeah. a literal
1: yeah. off-top over here sometimes. I'm,
0: I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a, a platypus enthusiast.
1: Mm. People won't understand that joke. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I'll just reveal it. I don't care. Normalize being a working mom. My pumping station was over here, and I had to shove it to the side right before we started taping, and that's why we're getting these jokes out.
0: <laughs> that I is just already- Nothing's nothing's wrong with it. I just didn't want to be the one to do it. I mean, if you want to share what you're doing with your body, that's all you. That's not for me
2: to share. Probably best that you didn't share that.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I don't want me to say, tell them why. Tell them why. No, I will not tell them why. You tell them why. Or we could talk about the Eagles and the 49ers.
1: You're fine. It would be Pablo. If I was doing on Pablo's show, oh, I would never share that. I would oh, absolutely yeah. not reveal that information. Oh, hey. You're fine because we will touch on it. We'll get a joke off, and then we'll move to football. You're yeah, damn right. Nice.
2: Pablo's gonna ask you to do a share and tell about it, guaranteed. <laughs> then you didn't hear, and we will touch on it and move to football. Okay, let's move on. Okay, guys, we have an awesome football game. Yeah, sorry. This is the whole thing about now having to talk where I stop listening to you guys. I start thinking about <laughs> yeah. the next joke I'm gonna say. It's a problem. Um, we'll work on it. Football. We have an awesome game. We have the 49ers and the Eagles. The Eagles 10-1 and winning every single close game. They are home dogs to the 49ers, to which Kyle Shanahan does not agree with that line. I think a lot of fans are confused by that line. But to you guys, do the 49ers deserve to be favored on the road against the Eagles?
0: deserve i
2: mean who cares i don't know i i, I get the this way, is to, a, way to cut the legs out no, of the question i'm not, I'm not cutting the legs out of
0: the question i'm saying who cares whether whether <laughs> they deserve it or not the point is are they good enough yeah they're good enough and i think it's combined with like the rest disadvantage that they have i don't know i think the game is interesting enough making them the favorites people are making bullets and it's bulletin board material at this point nobody cares about the these are two teams that are going to play in the playoffs at some point, most likely, uh, and have played last year and have some bad blood that a- apparently Bradbury not sure about. But Debo Samuel has it for him anyway, because uh, they interviewed Bradbury and he's like, I don't know why he says I'm a bum. But I mean, he says it. I don't care. I have faith in myself. But that's
1: such a good way to handle being. Uh, Called a bum is like I don't I don't care I don't know that's just mm, James Bradbury well done sorry just wanted to
0: say that I mean you wouldn't advocate for an aggressive internet clapback which is what Mina Kimes is known to do
1: no the move is the John Hamm in Mad Men I don't think about you at all that's (laughs) the move and he pulled it off
0: I wish I wish you would take that advice when I give it to you Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because you go for next on on my behalf which I appreciate it but I also was like hey ignore those fools. (laughs) All right, Mina, so who's going to win? Tell me so I can um, bet on it.
1: Uh, I'm I'm going to, because I respect Charlie, I'm going to respect the question Thank and you. actually address it. I oh, do. Charlie pissed me right off today. I our
0: <laughs> Charlie showed up here uh, at 1.31 for a 130 record. Anyway, go ahead, Mina.
1: Uh... I think that they're right to be favorites. I've thought about this a bit because I do think these teams are very evenly matched. This is, as you said, very likely a championship preview, depending on how things shake out. Um, they are the top, the creme de la creme of the NFC along with probably Dallas. However, when I was doing my matchup preview on my podcast, Meet a Show, which Dominique features on for this week, I, I I found it instructive because as I was looking at the matchups and thinking about this game. I found myself approaching it from the standpoint of how do you poke holes in the 49ers? Whereas with the Eagles, I was like, okay, here are the issues with this team. Um, You know, sometimes in the first half, the offense feels a little bit disjointed. Defensively, I would attack the middle of the field. Linebacker, which Kyle Shanahan's obviously the master of. There are issues. They're a very, very good football team, but there are flaws. Whereas with San Francisco, you have to like really dig around to try to find the things that the Eagles can attack. And I think they can. I want to be clear. But if you're thinking about it from the standpoint of do they deserve to be favorites, I think the fact that you're constantly in that position with the San Francisco 49ers trying to find their very few weaknesses is revealing of why Vegas favored them, even though they're on the road.
0: Yeah, it boils down to I think a lot of our um, reason why we feel confused by that is because the quarterback, we obviously trust Jalen Hurts more. It's the quarterback, I think it's the the pedigree of the team having been to the Super Bowl last year and what we've seen them do recently, and they're at home. But all those things, I think, you could go either way on this bet, but it makes for a really exciting, interesting game. The big question about uh, the 49ers, or at least the one criticism that you can level against the 49ers fairly is we haven't seen their quarterback in the late game heroics the way that we've seen Jalen Hurts. I was doing some prep for this, looking up stats of uh, non-play action passing for Brock Purdy. He's still pretty damn good. But the question is non-play action passing when we know that's what you have to do and you're down and you're down one of your playmakers or your tackle, those are the next steps that we haven't seen from him and Kyle Shanahan, to be fair. If we're going to give Shanahan all the credit for scheming the offense,
1: you better scheme up some in these tough situations too. Yeah, but he's not missing anyone, right? At least unless I, am, I forgot right. something. I think everybody's playing, and... um, to your point though that is actually this is exactly it during the losing streak and and whatever there was some turnovers but also i think and this is true of all kyle shanahan and his trees offenses they look different when they fall behind i think the question is is, are the eagles capable of going up on them especially again given how that offense has looked and um some recent game or really throughout the season, I think they're capable of it. I think if they really commit to running the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage, the way they're capable of against a slightly sus San Francisco run defense, then I think it could get interesting, but they cannot fall. Philadelphia cannot fall behind. You cannot fall behind to this buzzsaw.
0: That's fair of everybody.
1: Also,
2: is not it kind of fair that, I mean, obviously Purdy was worth worse without Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, but Jalen Hurts has also struggled without Lane Johnson. So it's kind of just, an underrated part of it, if you're missing one of the best offensive linemen in the world, your protection gets worse? Yeah. I mean, again, it's probably recency bias, but he didn't struggle without Lane Johnson
0: last second week. Half. So, like, yeah, I yeah. mean, he he led uh, a immaculate game-winning drive in those moments. So, like, I think you're right. Over the course of the entire game last week and over the course of his entire career, it matters. That O-line is incredibly special. And I do think, I mean— as cliche as this is, the matchup to watch thats is what I was, O-line versus D-line, I was 49ers gonna, versus
2: Eagles. I was going to ask that about that specifically because since the Chase Young trade, the 49ers have actually gotten home to the quarterback, but the Eagles aren't like a normal offensive line. Do you expect that to continue? Are, are the 49ers going to be able to get pressure?
1: I think it, it depends on whether or not they can get them into third and longs. And this is, again, where for the Eagles it's so important for them to keep the chains moving that I, the, I think – it's a mixture of the run game, the RPO game, not just taking shots and missing them on early downs and suddenly being in situations where that four-man rush can tee off. They're perfectly capable of doing this. I, I You know, I talked about this a little bit with Ruiz on my pod, like what's different about the Eagles this year uh, because the offense, like the underlying numbers are all still just as good uh, yet fans are like constantly in a state of fury about Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator versus uh, their previous offensive coordinator. And I think some of that is really overblown and unfair. I think actually Johnson's done a good job, but I will say one thing I really want to see him do something that I thought Steichen was really good at is finding the weakness in the defense and then just hitting it over and over. The Eagles are so good at that last year. And I think in this game, If they can do that, if they can really exploit some of the very minor holes on this 49ers defense, they can stay out of those third and longs and uh, keep Jalen Hurts upright.
0: I I mean, embarrassment of riches feels like a dumb term many times because who's embarrassed when they have a bunch of great stuff? But I think that could be a problem with the 49ers. I'm assuming with the Eagles at times is you feel like you have the capability to do so many different things, which would suggest that yeah, you can adapt to any situation, attack anywhere, but it also feels like there's something about this is what we do. We're really good at this. And after this doesn't work, we do that because it builds on it. And it doesn't feel like we see the one thing that they're really good at. And if there is any one thing that they're exceptional at, I think it's the quarterback run, which we all get the problems that are that are inherent in having a quarterback run a lot, especially one that's playing with a knee brace right now. But I still think obviously it's going to play a big role in this game. And Fred Warner – ability to track down Jalen Hurts is he's, he's a great athlete, but that's why they gotta attack the middle field. And the uh, tight end health is going to be concerned. And on the Eagles side, they need to attack the middle field behind Fred Warner in order to mm-hmm. keep him from attacking that quarterback run game.
1: Dominique, you remember the last time these teams played, Fred Warner being immobilized by the quarterback run game, the RPO, everything all that basically the option football aspect mm-hmm. of the Eagles offense. Um if they can't, like, I, I really think they need to lean heavily into that. That's, you can't beat Fred Warner uh, with players because he is the best cover linebacker in football. He is an incredible tackler. He is um, so That's good awesome. against the, he's good at everything, right? However, you can beat him with concepts. You can beat any linebacker. With concepts because it's so hard to play linebacker against these both off both of these offenses because of the optionality of what they do in the backfield. So, Philadelphia, if they, they have to be as good at that as they were at the end of last year, and I think that is something that's been a little bit up and down this season the option, the RPO stuff.
2: All right, next topic the most interesting award to me.
1: <laughs> if the season
2: were to end today, who would you give coach of the year to? All right, so I, I'm not gonna. Overanalyze this just yet. I can give you the odds if you want. Oh, yeah. The run, run down the odds. Dan Campbell's the favorite, plus 175. D'Amico Ryan's plus 400. Mike McDaniel's plus 600. Kevin O'Connell and Shane Steichen plus 1,000. Mike Tomlin never won the award, plus 1600. And Sean Payton plus 1600. Okay,
0: my immediate re- reflexes go uh, D'Amico Ryan's, but I'm going to overanalyze this, even though I said I would not, because the award it's a lot like the MVP in that it's not that clear, and it's less clear than MVP because at least value like has some like more certainty yeah. to it. Like you can you can measure value in a bunch of different ways. The Coach of the Year is is it who had the best scheme like advancement? Is it the team that was the most that achieved the most or the team that achieved more over was expected or the team that, or the coach that dealt with adversity the best, like, it feels like, yeah, you gave me the point, Mina. I know which one you think it is.
1: It is that that's what, I mean, what it's been more often than not over the last 10 years or so is the coach who came into a team that was either not expected to be good or was bad last year and turned things around. It is a narrative award to to your point. That's why it's kind of interesting because it's, it's soft. You're not analyzing actual performance. You're analyzing storylines. And I, where I think it is interesting though, is if you start from the premise that that's how the award is. So you take out probably Mike McDaniel. um, Yeah. Dan Campbell, expectations were pretty high for that team. Yeah. Probably should have gotten it last year. You know, it's like, yep. well, not, I mean, whatever. But, anyways, to me, it's down to D'Amico Ryan and Shane Steichen. I think those mm. are the two best candidates. I love the odds for yeah. Steichen there, by the way. That's what I was, um,
0: if, yeah. and, and see, the thing with Steichen is, um, and O'Connell probably. Well, actually, it's not O'Connell um, as much as it's Brian Flores. But if we want to do the nerdy football thing and say, who has shown us, like, some impressive schematic uh, innovation in their situation, I would say that is Brian Flores and, and also the head coach there, O'Connell, and Shane Steichen, who's found ways to be productive with uh, uncertainty, I guess, at quarterback position. But that's not
2: who we give the award to. Who's your pick, Charlie? Mike Tomlin. All he does is win football games, and he won football games with Kenny Pickett. And Matt Canada, that is Vince Carter winning the dunk contest with a weighted vest on. And he's never won the award, so it's a lifetime achievement award. The problem with that is that he was
0: involved in selecting and keeping both of them. So this is Vince Carter deciding to put on a weighted vest before he participated in a dunk contest.
2: I guess, but also he's in your beloved AFC North, which is apparently a tough division. And if you look at their schedule, they're about to end up at 11 and 4 because they're playing the cardinals the patriots colts and Bengals.
1: what's their point differential is it still negative
2: probably i'm not
1: sure
2: (laughs) narrative award for
1: me Um, it
2: is for all of us but that's a bad
1: narrative i I would probably give it to ryan's not just because i mean i think the pushback against him would be like well cj stroud is awesome but i think when you watch them he's nailed his hires i think bobby slowick's done a really good job with them and not only on both sides of the football, are they playing much better? Obviously, some of that is because of talent also on both sides. But the it, it's a really very obvious culture turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense isn't great, but when you watch them, they play hard, man. Like it's like they hit, they tackle. You can see the track of the improvement and then. Offensively, obviously, we've talked a lot about what they've done with Stroud and the players that they have. some players who were already on their roster. So that feels more like an organizational turnaround. That's pretty special. But, you know, Steichen, I think, is really in the mix because it, if you watch Colts games, Gardner Minshew is not a good quarterback. And the fact that he's putting together these <laughs> stacking these wins and that the offense is efficient is like a real testament to what he's doing there.
0: Yeah I think Mike Tomlin is the most interesting one there to talk about because you made the case for both of those other guys both of the guys that we brought up very clear and I think the D'Amico Ryan's thing we talk about culture a lot here and it's hard to measure if you're not there or not but it's hard to to attribute it to anybody else or anything else down there considering the history of the Houston Texans and one major thing changed I guess you could say the quarterback too but as far as uh a, a rookie quarterback is not going to influence the way that the the entire organization
2: is running. It feels like. I don't know. Man. If, if CJ Stroud goes one and Bryce Young is their quarterback, he I has mean, no chance of do, winning coach of the year. Do, Zero chance. Do we not give credit? Well, who knows,
0: but do we not give credit to, him for that development. I know he's not an offensive coach, but, but like definitely. he's the, the head co- coach. The culture he's is making, a huge part of it, and he's yeah. making the decisions that set him up. I'll, before we get off of this, I need you to defend your Mike Tomlin thing. So, what is the story? What's the story?
2: Because like I, I, minus twenty three. No, no, no. I don't uh, want point stats. For you, the said, record. you said You oh, said okay. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. That's, that's not, not defending Mike,
0: my... but I guess so. I would say that Shane Steichen, it's schematic, and
2: for so. Uh, do you think so you're talking about D'Amico Ryan's being a cultural change? You don't think the winning culture instilled by Mike Tomlin is I the mean, reason that they're winning these games? It's not a games? change.
1: The, the winning culture that let Matt Canada stick around that's like the, that's the, way that's, past his due date. That was Mike Tomlin, <laughs> Mike Tomlin, dude. I love Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, notoriously loyal guy. I, re, I think like, he gets heat for that decision. It
2: Definitely, so but I'm, I'm trying to defend it here. No, I mean,
0: I get it. Okay, so we we could argue that yeah, but that's not a change in winning culture. That's something that's been there in the entire history of the franchise. We we don't attribute Mike Tomlin with coming in. He came in and took over a team that had just won the Super Bowl. So, like, it's not like he instilled the culture. So, it's hard for me to understand. Maybe the answer is you don't know.
2: Well, maybe he should have won it won some of the years when he had, like, uh okay. prehistoric Big Ben when he was wearing, like, two walking boots and was covered in wraps and couldn't move, and they still went 9-8 or 9-7.
1: We need, like, a lifetime achievement. Like, the MVP, like yeah. the MVP Moon Man, how they give out – we might be using an mtv movie award as a comparison <laughs> year. But you know when they're like the legacy award like yeah. a titan in the industry they do in certain award shows we need that for the nfl every year just like hey let's all acknowledge how awesome this guy is right and obviously mike tomlin would be he gets credit center.
2: there's there's my reasoning thank you mina that's exactly what i meant by all of it all right
0: thanks mina all right charlie's gotta go we're gonna talk to bomani jones mina's gone too
3: after that we're doing roses and thorns Help dot com slash D-F. Now let's talk about the play
0: of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, On yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, welcome in the great Bomani Jones. Uh, If you want to catch the beginning of this conversation, you can go over to uh, the right time. You probably already listened to that. But anyway, (laughs) I found out his parents, all-American basketball players.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll do so
0: it. we yeah we talked about uh, our buddy Cooper, who is um, enduring some racial profiling right mm-hmm. now. I, I should hit up so uh, Cooper DeGene, the cornerback from Iowa, is what we just talked about. But I, I, I haven't hit up Phil Yates. I should hit up Phil Yates because I assume that somebody told him to put him at safety. I don't think that Phil just decided because this is the first time you and I have been waiting to see when it's going to happen because we knew it's going to happen. Yeah, and this is the first time we've seen it happen.
4: I think it will going to be that early. And I didn't think it would be him.
0: But somebody had to tell him. Like, I don't think that yeah. – I mean, Phil played football. He knows football. But I don't think he's the one that looked at Cooper DeGene and was like, nah, that explosive athlete ain't no corner. Put him at no, safety. No, like,
4: that, where we need him is at a less important position.
0: <laughs> Did I – I think I put you on um on to Connor Flagg before he blew up. Like, he blew up at Peach Jam, but my brother-in-law put me on him. He – Special. He's another guy. But they we don't have that same problem right in basketball, do we?
4: Uh, like in basketball, it's it's more provocative. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it it comes with it comes with more. The difference is in basketball, nobody's telling the good white basketball player not to play basketball. They're actually telling him he's better than he actually is. Uh <laughs> with the white quarterback, they out here trying to squelch his dreams, and I just don't get that. Yeah, that's not fair. But anyway, from uh Iowa
0: college basketball to another—I mean, I guess Colorado's the Midwest, not really. That's yeah, Midwest. I mean, I don't it's know.
4: Big, it's it's yeah. Midwest-ish.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I was in Denver, people certainly didn't didn't consider themselves Midwest. But anyway, we're not going to Denver. We're going to Boulder. So, SI um named Dion Sanders with a piece of, I guess, genius marketing. <laughs> they named Dion Sanders Sportsman of the Year because obviously you're going to get me to click on it when that happens. Pat Ford wrote it, who I do not believe is AI, so don't worry about that. We're not talking about AI articles. But it has some interesting questions that I wanted to bring to you. And It's not about all the other Dion stuff that we've talked about, but it's more about the role of college football to a university, which is then the role of college football coach. Because in this piece, Pat Ford makes the case that Deion Sanders is the sportsman of the year by citing a bunch of statistics that aren't wins and losses – which is normally what you think of as sportsmen. So I'll rattle a couple off for you. The first one he puts in there is first year applications are up 26.4% year over year. African American applications are up 80%, international applications 38%. And he talks about how the sales from the online school stores up 25,000% and all the games are sold out, blah, 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 blah. And how Deion Sanders or Boulder's. Um, convention for visitors or yeah the boulder visitors bureau says that they estimate that the impact for the home games is 77 million dollars up and that's the argument for he's the sportsman of the year
4: so one thing i have been told in my travels in this business is a great way to win sportsman of the year is to tell those people that you'll show up to the banquet and Dion will absolutely show up to the banquet. Like you telling me that I'm going to get the cover of sports illustrated. And I just got to show up and eat. All right, cool. I'm definitely going to do that. Um, Sportsman of the year is at least for me, very similar to the time magazine person of the year. What we need to keep in mind here is not necessarily about like your greatness or how, you know, it is how basically how interesting you are, like the role yeah, you play exactly. as a man of your time. And I've, I was a little salty to see Sports Illustrated do this because I've been dancing around or bouncing around in my head a way of writing something very similar to this, the idea of Dion as man of time. And he fits it in so many ways. Like, there's nobody's been more interesting in the sports space this year than Dion's have. Like, I can't name any. Georgia is, how many games in a row has Georgia won? Like, we got to be. 29, maybe? Like, 29, something crazy like that. How many players on that team can you name? you can't none you can't I can't can describe a couple <laughs> yeah like but you can't do it like there's yeah. there there are individual compelling personalities out of college football this year they're not there and when you look around and just try to think of what are the things in, in that have held our attention in sports this year I can't think of anybody who's done it quite like Dion has
0: yeah, you're right. It's like the time man of the year where they will put someone who is terrible on the cover just yeah. because their impact on the year was uh so significant or the impact of the time was so significant. And Dion, yeah, you can't argue that anybody like did or had more of an impact on the uh, like sports zeitgeist this year than Dion, because at the beginning of this year, had all types like we could not talk about him. And it was on news shows, it was on everything, and the impact uh that he had on that. I was going to say on that school, but it's not just the school. It's on college football and and the conversations that it that it evoked and the reaction that it evoked from a number of people. In the article, he talks about the black people of Boulder and how they feel more emboldened and empowered, all 13 of them outside of the school, <laughs> which is, I think, only 3% black. But his impact there and what he represents there is always going to be intertwined with what he did at the HBCU, and it's always going to be intertwined with – uh blackness because or in in religion religion and blackness are the two things that he like overtly plays on i think if i remember correctly he cited george floyd as one of his motivations at jackson state so i was trying to go in the direction of figuring out what we expect from our um college football team's having been on uh, on Maryland's campus when our basketball team won the national championship, our football team was good, and we won the AC championship, and we saw the impact that it had on fundraising and the impact it had on admissions and not just admissions of students, also attracting professors like Maryland climbed. It wasn't a coincidence that it climbed in like competitiveness academically. It was not a coincidence that it happened alongside uh, the sports teams being the best that they had, or the important sports teams. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> the, the most popular sports teams, because we're good at a lot of other things, but don't nobody show up. Don't nobody write no checks.
4: Nah, I mean, especially in Maryland, you guys are a basketball school, right? Like that is, hey, at hey, least hey. in that time, that died in the wool ACC team. Now you're in the Big Ten with this kind of loss and no friends, but you know, that kind of happens sometimes, right? Um, <laughs> but those things matter. They do. The question for me with Dion is, even with him being sportsman of the year, nobody's taking what he's doing seriously. Like that was a wave, and we paid attention to the wave as the wave was going on. But if you look at the way that season ended over there, it ain't looking good right now. There's there's no real reason for optimism, truly. Like, and, and to me, it's not about the commitment, the decommitments that they're getting because their plan has been to get guys through the portal anyway. Like they had a small class to begin with, but the fact these guys are leaving to me is probably connected to the fact that Tim Brewster is his chief recruiter and Tim Brewster is now leaving and he's leaving to go to, the, uh, go to Charlotte, North Carolina, North Carolina Charlotte. They, they play at Charlotte, but the University of North Carolina at Charlotte 49ers. That dude is leaving a power five job to go do a similar job at Charlotte. And I've looked at Tim Brewster's uh Twitter profile. Tim Brewster has a tweet that reads from uh November twenty-eighth, I promise I ain't hard to find. <laughs> that sound familiar? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, all I'm saying is whatever D.I. was trying to do, they took the play calling away from the offensive coordinator, and then he wouldn't he couldn't come out in front of people and say who it was that was calling plays. I think the defensive coordinator is leaving all. Like, there's some stuff going on here, and I don't know how exactly it goes, but at a program that we take seriously, people would have approached this with a lot more scrutiny. And so even after they started so well, and then it all, you know, understandably, physical nutrition and everything else, they wore down as the year went on. But people ain't even bothered to pay enough attention to come dance on the grave anymore. It was like this was a thing that we was doing, and then we stopped. Like, by the time I, Best Sports Illustrated, made the decision to make Dion Sportsman of the Year and where we are now, the number of eyeballs that have been pointed to their program is so much different. And I wonder what it's going to take to get them back. Um,
0: it's interesting because the argument that you make for Deion Sanders Sportsman of the Year, as I mentioned, it's, it's all off the field stuff. And that's probably because that's how you had to make it. And any article that you read, so in preparation to talk to you about this, like I read a bunch of the articles about him and that have come out recently and they all point back to that time that they beat, the the defending national championship runner-up team, who also is not very good this year. So, like, it's hard. And they can also point to they had one win the year before, and now they have four, which is an improvement, but it ain't the type of turnaround that um gets you sportsman of the year unless you are Deion Sanders. So all this other stuff that's happening around the institution is Deion Sanders because he's Deion Sanders. And you're making the point. I was going to ask you, essentially, is this something that can last if they don't get to
4: greatness? But you're making the point that it's over already. I'm not saying it's over already, but it is tenuous right now. The one thing that we got
0: really – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah,
4: I just just don't think there's any way around that, that this started a lot stronger than it ended, and the test for Dion is going to be, as is off of the test for anybody in these circumstances. Man, so what you going to do now? Like, this has gotten hard. What you going to do now? They talked a lot early because they had exceeded those expectations, but any of us with eyes who were actually paying attention to those games and teams understood. That was not sustainable just because they didn't have the bodies in order for that to be sustainable. Physically, they weren't going to be able to do it. Shadour Sanders couldn't make it through the whole year because he was getting the hell beat out of them so bad because of where they were at the line of scrimmage. Like, there's a It takes a lot to build a college football program, and they're trying to do it at a place that has literally no built-in advantages. And what do you— so?
0: A lot was made of Deion Sanders' ability to recruit because he is Deion Sanders and he's already incredibly famous. And it had to be cool to show up to those games because there are people on the sidelines who are interested in participating at uh, college football games that would not anywhere else. Even like The Rock, who went and played football at Miami. When the last time you see him on the Miami sideline? He damns you on the sideline at Colorado. And all that is flashy and sexy, and that may have given you the advantage Pre-NIL. Yo. And, and Dion is a black man who's very cool with a lot of jewelry on, who has the heart of a 1970s college football coach. Yeah, and so I think the players see through that and all that other stuff ain't worth nothing when there's actual real money being handed out.
4: Yeah, and I thought that D.I. got a bad rap when he said the thing about how look, you ain't gonna get rich coming here. That was not D.I. saying, we refuse to pay you. That was D.I. saying, bro, we ain't got it. Like the money it takes when the the numbers you're hearing, and all the money is at the high end anyway, right? Like when Matt Rule talks about there, these quarterbacks making a million, $2 million, whatever it is, A, those deals look like they're horrible for guys. But two, that's all on the high end. We did something on Game Theory about this. The average NIL payment per player is actually very, very low. But D.I. is probably right. Colorado doesn't have the money that's going to be able to. You're not going to go there. To get paid right now, it's probably not going to work out for you. They don't have that kind of bread. And that makes that's going to make things difficult for them in a lot of ways but for a lot of players. I mean, this is
0: where we always end up with a lot of these college teams is why there becomes – why college football, I think, can cripple an institution and also, like, catapult an institution is because it requires money to invest in something like that to be successful. The rewards are there. Like, it would make sense for Colorado to – skinny up that budget in a bunch of different pa- places and invest wholeheartedly and in it's based solely on the evidence that they've uh had from the success the minor bit of success that they had this year but the scary thing is if you continue to do that and then you don't have the success then you just dug a hole for your institution that they can't get out of and some schools are shutting down their programs
4: because of decisions just like that no they don't have a but they don't have they don't have the booster class that has the money right. Right. So, like, it's going to be fun watching what goes on in Miami, for example, because during the pandemic, all of a sudden we heard that they had all these billionaires that they didn't have before. And I know enough about Miami to know (laughs) them people ain't billionaires no more. Like whatever, whatever it was that got them to be billionaires, the way that was being phrased, that wasn't that wasn't forever money. That wasn't what that was. Uh -uh. I want
0: I want to get your thought on this last thing that just creeped into my mind as we were talking about this. As I'm thinking about the need for money to have success and the benefit uh, that it has on the institution, but also not having the, the uh, alumni base or the booster class to support that. With a, a person who is as famous and as marketable as Deion Sanders, does it not make sense to go outside into like the natural business world and like attract an actual sponsor. Like I know he does these KFC commercials. Why wouldn't somebody like KFC become, I don't know, how, you can't call in the, I don't know, Colorado KFC Buffaloes or put or, or put emblems on their jersey. Bu- can they start selling buffalo buckets? <laughs> buffalo buckets. But I mean, seriously, like the benefit, if all they need is investment, because this is like, Uh, presumably this is like a home run startup, but they can't find the investors. I get the idea that it may not succeed, but all the good, all the positive uh, press that KFC would, Receive from doing something like this and if it's an actual success in Colorado don't have to find a booster class like let's get serious about this it's professional sports and sooner or later they put putting patches on jerseys it's just going to be who the first one that is going to be allowed to do something like that
4: I think there's something to that um, and this is where we get into a discussion that you're going to hear more of that has already started but you're going to hear even more of which is private equity creeping into college sports and that's the arguments that you're making is what we're going to get. And I would just like to ask the question one more time: Remember that time private equity made something better? I don't once. It don't matter though. Not a single time. It don't time. matter. It I, don't matter I tell you, I'm telling you, it's coming. This is gonna be the death nail of it. But what you spell out, you you basically that that is uh, the the gold. I mean, the good intention pavement of the road to hell is right there. <laughs> <laughs> the intentions aren't even good, though. In this case, it's just like, we want to beat
0: everybody and we want to well, make a I lot mean, of money. Well, the intentions
4: are good in the sense that they're going to put some money in some people's pockets that may not have got the money otherwise.
0: Yeah, they're not going to get as much as they deserve because if you don't have any power in this situation, you don't have any leverage. And no, they don't have no, any power and they no, don't have any leverage. No, they're they, getting they, jerked they gonna get now. get jump change in comparison. Yeah. They're getting jerked and maybe, now and people don't even realize it. Maybe five or ten quarterbacks going to make a, a ton of money, but that's going to be the end of that. Anyway, that's the great Bomani Jones. I appreciate it. As I mentioned before, you know where to check him out at the right time. All right. Talk to you next week, brother. All right, man. Appreciate you. Up next, Roses and Thorns. We all know breakfast
3: is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
0: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details how has dominique been lately bad or good let's find out this is roses and thorns all right time for your favorite segment with my favorite person roses and thorns with ashley you look nice today very nice i was wondering like
5: thank you so much
0: um, I got a question for you that I'm sure you're not prepared for, but um, you look nice often, and it's always new stuff. And I noticed when I was on your computer yesterday to find something, you told me I to was find something. Christmas shopping. You told me to find something. And no, it's not a judgment. It's just that your email, you actually go to the promotions folder. And open the promotions folder in your email. I don't. I've never opened a promotion folder. I don't actually. Oh, don't?
5: It's because I don't have a filter on my phone. So Sometimes uh, on so my phone, I'll like they'll get me. I actually texted my friend today who has a similar habit, and I was like, some for some similar, reason the holiday. A habit? Yeah, particularly Addiction? stores, yeah, perhaps, for some reason at the holiday, I shop at j crew more than normal like they have good stuff for the kids and for me and like i like their gloves and a lot of their winter accessories and they all it's always 50 percent off like from like november through january um i mean every other day it is so it's like don't shop on the one day it's not right um and then estelle's colored glass which like we have so much of like you've seen i unpack and i got emails from them today that i guess probably on my computer would have been in promotions but on my phone like it's not sorted and of course i clicked them and i was like they really need to stop email they know how often i like buy it it's like predatory like like, they released like two new so colors or something. And I'm like, you. whoa. I, I don't understand um, how we have no, so it's many not sets of new. Hats this is and old. Like, these pants are old. These boots are old. This sweater is un- previously unworn. It is new. Okay. It just came. But, so it's new. Um, <laughs> our house but,
0: is already decorated for Christmas. And I guess people will see this on um, December 1st. So it's not as weird. But immediately after Thanksgiving, you have two trees up and it's too Christmassy. Listen, it's just absurd. It's, this you year, have Thanksgiving was December. a little
5: bit early. So? So we to I, wait noticed December. That. I know, but here's the thing. Our daughter, our biggest child, turns 13. We're about to have a teenager, guys, tomorrow when this airs. Her birthday December 2nd. Um, and I like the house to be, like, decorated by her party because her party is, like, always, like, early December. I never do birthday parties before the birthday. I always push them to after. Well, except for one year during COVID, I needed to be warm so they could watch movies and tents outside. And there was a warm- How many
0: birthday parties did you have as a kid? So my birthday was. I had two birthday parties my entire childhood. Like I, I don't know why we need to have a party every year for every kid. It's absurd.
5: Yeah, they think that, and they get it it. from me. No, I actually told her. So she's turning thirteen this year, and she is um has a lot of Jewish friends, and so has been invited to a lot of bot mitzvahs. Um. Well, no, but but like the bat mitzvah she's her school is just really um diverse which i love and so she's gone to a lot of bat mitzvahs and they're huge and they're so fun i'm like FYI you're not jewish but like we're Genius. not like you're not having like a big cuz but i was like it, it it made her think like wow it's my 13th i need to go all out and it's like no nope, no nope, no nope, that's not our faith tradition yeah, like culture tradition, like it's, it's, no, you're a teen a i guess yeah. but no and so everything she wanted to do and then she was like i want to have a big sleepover and she had another sleepover the only other sleepover she had was in third grade um and it was like a lot of girls like it was like probably like 15 or 20 girls at our house but their bodies were small back then and they all fit comfortably in our family room she wanted to have like 12 and now their bodies are like some of them the size of mine like she suggested having a sleepover and wrote this list and it was like 15 20 girls and I was like baby where y'all gonna fit like like I was like, Show me, lay out 15, 20 but I uh, then I she no, but she also wanted to start the sleepover by going out to dinner at too a restaurant parties. in Georgetown and going to an escape room and then just driving them back home for a cookie I'm often decorating. Shocked so with it was like three parties you, in one and I was like, We can't even fit twenty girls in our car.
0: You are confused at why the kids are I know. maximalists. I like know. you want to do too much. You had a, a Christmas card with Three um, outfit like it's just you are too much doer, and I'm then you raise doer. your kids to I'm a too much to doer. be a lot.
5: I know. But as far as how many birthday parties I had, my birthday was in summer. So, like, kids were, like, we were either in Delaware or... But I had a lot of cousins. So, like, even if I... I had enough birthday parties. I'm not saying I was denied birthday parties at all. um, But a lot of my birthdays, which I loved, we were at the beach, and it was, like, a cake with my cousins. um, And I would pick the flavor. So I didn't have... Or, like, just family dinners at our house in D.C. It wasn't... But I had so many kids in our family that it still... And around my age that it still felt like a big celebration.
0: Um, And Santa working on these christmas list is something, um, it's something that's a rose for you um i don't have to communicate with santa on getting gifts for anybody
5: um yeah santa's working on these christmas lists the funniest was my thir- almost 13 year old 13 tomorrow by the time this comes out hers was like dear santa because she's like i'm gonna just play this game um this is the type of list that a teen writes because i'm a teen now Basically, it was stuff from Sephora, including makeup. When like, I'm, like I told her, I was like, Avery, like, what you think? Santa doesn't have to play by by house rules. Like I told you you can't wear makeup yet. She was like, I just thought maybe it might be different by Christmas. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. So go ahead and cross those off before we send them off to the North Pole. Um, Yeah, Santa's working on these Christmas lists. Speaking of Santa, I have a gift for you guys for the podcast. Happy huh. December. You I'll take it. Isn't it cute? My mom got it. It used to be behind when he would do, like, get up recording from oh, yeah. home. It was there. Um, in winter, I felt like he needed a Christmas set. Like, GMA has a good Christmas set. And I was like, he needs something. Right. For the
0: podcast audience, it's a December 25th coming soon poster with Santa. It's not a poster. It's actually I mean, uh, yeah, would. It's a sign with Santa on it, smiling.
5: Yes, it's so I like cute.
0: It. I appreciate it. I'm going to put it up there. I'll replace Jalen Hurts' picture.
5: Ooh, ooh, we don't have to do that. Oh, that's
0: the only place it can go. It's the only no. tall spot for
5: it. Okay, we'll move Jalen Hurts to we'll where our put family Santa picture in front of... is.
0: Oh, so we're replacing the because family we have picture another
5: small family with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we don't need both of them right now. I was we never concerned about your
0: Jalen Hurts infatuation until you just threatened to replace the family picture with a
5: picture of Jalen Hurts. There are two family pictures. So? Hey, we just need one. Or move Deion Sanders. Find a way to make it work. The college season's over. Go Deion, I love you. Okay, just rearrange. Okay, I will. After this is over, I will get up and I will rearrange it because we are keeping Jalen. I love him. Did you guys see his heroic touchdown in last weekend's (laughs) game? Stop pretending. (laughs) I did see it. Okay. I didn't see it like when it happened during the game because I was decorating the Christmas tree, but I saw it. Well, we like put it here, but I did see it all over Instagram. Um, and, and his quote afterwards, like, "What you want me to say?" I was like, "Just talk, your, you go ahead." And
0: so, what do you? How do you feel about me? Actually, it's it's interesting because you can't use okay, the word. I don't actually you can't love, use the word him. love I really for, like
5: him and admire him, know him as a player, as someone who values the women in his life and the input of women, as someone who speaks in really cute sayings, um, as someone who's handsome, okay, as someone who cares about his education, as someone who has a good taste in music. So not only did he score a game-winning touchdown in overtime against the Bills, is that right? That could be wrong. And I know they play San Francisco, and people aren't predicting that they're going to win, which is crazy at home this coming weekend. But not only did he do that, but after the game, He took over the ox court in the locker room and he didn't play like the hype me up song or whatever that some people might have thought a 20 some would play. He played Golden Time of Day by Frankie Beverly and Mays. And that made me love him more. Not that that's actually one of my favorite songs, but I love old music and people who appreciate old music and realize that there is no good new music.
4: I'm
0: a I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan also for all the reasons that you mentioned. And I mean, His sexiness doesn't work on me as well as it works on you, but I recognize that being cool and being handsome works. But I'm not a fan of the Frankie Beverly amaze. Like I appreciate it at the proper functions, and that was clearly a time. Here's what he's a fan of: sexy. Red. So what?
5: Yeah, I'll ask you what exactly. I was so annoyed with him, like legitimately annoyed. Here's his thorn. <laughs> Here's his thorn. That's my thorn. We were in the car the other day. Somehow I was sitting in the back. My daughter was in the passenger seat, um, and he was driving, and she lets my daughter control the music in the car, so her phone was hooked up to the Bluetooth. I don't. I get annoyed every time I get in, and it puts on her phone before mine. I'm like, turn your Bluetooth off. Mommy's phone gets to be on here. And you played some Sexy Red song. I
0: told her to play the new Sexy Red song.
5: That was with our daughter in the car, our not-quite-13-year-old daughter in the car. It was so utterly inappropriate. Like like it was so
0: okay this is the most absurd criticism that you could ever have of me in the history of life like when our kids were young i was playing kids pop you were playing music that had profanity in it so now she has complete access to all the music that she wants with any um, any song that she wants for their phone. So like, it's absurd. I need to for change us. that.
5: I need to set it's her absurd. phone. It's absurd.
0: It's ridiculous for us to be like, "Oh, you can't listen to this." No, listen to it. Then talk about what was in it if we like it, or is it like that was the point? it was fine. Well, she's all right. She's thirteen. Her, she can I can't it.
5: remember the name of the song. who were you listening to? You were
0: thirteen. You didn't hear no songs about sex when you were thirteen.
5: Oh yeah, I'm sure I did. I mean,
0: so stop acting crazy, like. So I know it was. It was, it was more than it, it was
5: offending my ears. I was yeah, like, I like, a, my precious a, ears do not need to hear this.
0: Not a great song. It
5: was. Um, I mean, some people think it's great. I'm sure I just in love it. but so it's her boyfriend i think just gets out it was getting out of jail no
0: she was she was um <laughs> campaigning to get him out of jail okay
5: campaigning to get her boyfriend out of jail and in one line you might i don't know if you have to oh, edit no. this out no, or not. no 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 no
0: they know what it means. They'll figure it out. If you want to know, you listen to the song and then. But you can it was okay. I won't say what it was, the line was. But if there you was want. a line
5: there. My daughter's yeah. like, "Why would she was like, I'm gonna let him do this?" And my daughter said, "Why is she advocating for him to do more violence? That'll just get him sent back to jail." And, and I, was I was about
0: just, to explain to her that no, I was it like, "Turn was,
5: it off now." It was
0: a euphemism for something. i was like I'm acting like these are people. Uh, whatever. Okay. So, but it's like, why do we you need know, her to
5: know what that saying means?
0: Because she asked. And it's not gonna hurt her to know. She's gonna find out sooner or later. Or whatever. The point is, that is my yeah. number one stream song. As you notice everybody It is not. You notice it everyone not is be. putting up their um yes. their year yes. in Music streaming. So It's embarrassing. <laughs> mine is not embarrassing. My okay, number what's one yours? stream. It's sexy rant for No, it's not okay. sexy rare. It's, uh, it's, um, it's that specific song. It's um let my baby daddy out or something. Free my baby daddy. That's my. That's no, it. it's not. Because it just nah. came out. My um, It list... might be
5: by, by the end of the year, though.
0: Nah, my list is, I mean, it's not embarrassing. I'm not ashamed of it. I got a little bit it.
5: ashamed of my list.
0: Yeah. I don't listen to that much music, honestly. Like, I listen to mostly podcasts. I looked at the raw numbers and it's like, I really don't listen to that much music. But it feels accurate. Like, my number one is Killer Mike. And then I think two is Drake. Uh, Killer Mike's
5: like activist-y, right? yeah. I don't listen to Killers. Yeah,
0: Drake, Lil Baby, Moneybag Yo, and Future. I'm a I'm okay. a lover, obviously. Okay. Love yeah. romantic music.
5: How oh, Killer Mike's not romantic. This is called sarcasm. Oh. <laughs> well, Drake actually is a little bit romantic, and it's Future just, does yeah. some future version of romance songs, so I didn't know if you were being serious. Um, Moneybag Yo, not so much. So, as I was sitting here thinking, Killer Mike, like, oh, what Killer Mike songs do I like? I... Came up with Mike Jones back then. They didn't want me to realize it's not the same person.
0: Embarrassing. (laughs) What are your songs? Clearly we
5: have different tastes. Okay, mine are are one. Okay, I stand behind most of mine. I think I'm prouder of my like five or six through 10, six through 15. But my top five, one of them I am a bit embarrassed by. It's Drake. Fine. Beyonce, of course. Usher. I mean, I went because we went to see Usher. Yeah,
0: to get primed for the concert. And I was
5: like, and I, so I make playlists of like my favorite artists. And so I was like listening to like a Usher playlist of like the Usher songs I like with the kids a lot. Now this is Anita Baker's number five. Stand behind that. Proud of that. This is the one I'm really a little bit embarrassed by. Diddy. But it's really not Diddy. It's like. I mean, and, All and, and, the and, artists that were on that, remember you had that one album this year Are you year Are you
0: embarrassed by it because Diddy's not a great artist or because of the recent allegations? Because It's like, a little you bit of
5: both. You can't, I mean, but it's the really allegations not are the, new.
0: And Yeah,
5: I didn't know about this when yeah, I was listening to the album. I did listen in. one last time, honestly, to a couple of the songs I liked after I heard about it, because the ones I like. there's one that has like, um, I think just KC from Jodeci on it, and it feels like I'm, it's like you're listening to 90s songs, but like, they're new and they're like ones you haven't heard before that sound just like the old 90s songs.
0: I don't know Um, that. Yeah. We probably don't have enough time to get into a full conversation about cancellation, but I feel like I've come to the belief. I mean, cancellation, whatever is the term, but it's a term that we use to describe like people stop uh, listening to or watching or reading things that are associated with people who've done or been accused of bad things. But the decision that I've come to is when I turn it on, how do it make me feel? Like, if I don't feel like trash when it's come on, I'm fine with it. If I feel bad, then I don't. So, like, most of the R. Kelly stuff, like, I can get on my high horse and say, I don't listen to R. Kelly. I don't listen to it because anytime I hear it, I start feeling gross. Yeah. (laughs) Like, when the Diddy songs come on, that hasn't
5: happened to me yet. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. There are a couple of, like, verses when he gets on. And and it's like his rapping is the Some of the stuff he says in it. And it's like, damn, like, you're ruining Mary J. Blige's song right now by getting on on there and saying, like, love me like my first love. And it's like, you, what were you doing to your first love? Like, I don't want to know. It may be nothing. I don't know. I'm not. And it's not even, I guess. I don't know all the details of everything It's not even him. But it makes me feel a little weird. It's not even
0: about how the lyrics happen because that happens to obviously age ain't nothing but a number but oh, it's also it's that's also just about how it makes me feel so like yeah Michael Jackson songs don't have explicit lyrics in them that remind you of anything they
5: make me feel happy and I don't
0: feel young. a certain way about it so anyway that's not where I wanted to go with this but I did notice that uh Serafina shared with us that her most streamed artist is Sade she's,
5: she's so classy She's
0: classy she also so classy. shared with us the top five from Spotify or the top 10 from Spotify and if I didn't, I mean, I already think that I'm out of touch, so. I this know. This just, like, reiterates it. So, it's Molly Cyrus, Flowers. And the first thing I thought was, I know Molly Cyrus still putting music out, but I didn't know she was popping to be number one. Flowers but,
5: was a really big song. Yeah, I know. I remember that song. But I got this from my daughter. Yeah, no, that it
0: was a good song. Whatever that is. Um, yeah, I kind of liked it. Scissor, Kill Bill, Harry Styles, uh, Jungkook. I don't even know who that is. I feel Wait, like. Lotto? Oh, I know who Lotto is. I don't know. Oh, yeah.
5: I feel like it must be like Ella people Swift. are daughter's Metro age. Metro Boomin, I know that.
0: Twenty-one Savage, I know who that is. The weekend, I know who that is. There we go. That's all one song though.
5: Yeah. I feel like it's like people our daughter's age who are listening most or something. Yeah, probably. Um because
0: she yeah. listens to a lot of music. She's a big Tyler the creator fan.
5: Oh, isn't she cool and artsy and smart? My like ten or six through fifteen included. You would know artists that if you let her as... have an
0: ox cord every now and then.
5: Included artists such as Lauren Hill, Luther Vandross- um, so things I'm proud of. But also Maya. Like, how? <laughs> but I do remember we were in Miami. I was in like, a you're Maya the, face. You're the,
0: you're the lone person putting dollars in Maya' pocket. You're welcome, Maya. Maya, Maya she's, like, getting,
5: a DMV native. That's Maya why.
0: is getting uh, a $2,000 check
5: the once a year. Thanks to you. On her vocals, like, background vocals to Jada Kisses' version of Best of Me, not Jay-Z's Jada Kisses, those get me every time. I could listen to that song, like, which obviously I did, like, 20 times a day. Um, so, yeah, we have nothing in common with our music, but I'm glad we make our marriage work. Uh, of my artists, who do you like? Well, not Drake, because that was on yours. Of, if you man, have I'm not even a big Drake to...
0: fan. It's just one song, I think, that... I just don't listen to a whole bunch of music, but yeah. Drake. so much music. Drake, I appreciate Drake's scary hours. I'm just not, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel... Like, I really like Killer Mike, because I feel like he's my age, and he's into things that I like. The beats were good. Like, I don't really... I don't know it's hard for me to get in, into Drake's love songs or, or whiny heartbreak songs or like and so I guess it's me I making this, me making this argument seems inconsistent with the people that are the rest of the people on my list because I mean so But yeah, yeah Future money bag, yeah. Yeah, I'm not in them, but but Killer Mike for sure so that's why I feel like number it, one. it hits, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. Uh,
5: How come speaking of artists you like andre 3000's flute album wasn't in your top I tried,
0: 30. i tried <laughs> i tried to listen to dre's flute album but it just it, it ain't here for me it just ain't it, it ain't for me i want it to happen and then uh people starting to rap over it now which just makes me sadder oh really I, yeah people starting to rap over the flute album yeah on okay. that note
5: of my artist though besides drake if you had to like go see, who one are they? Of so him.
0: Beyonce, Drake, who else?
5: Well, and besides Usher, because you already saw Usher. Usher. So like Anita Baker, Maya, um, Beyonce. Yeah,
0: it's probably Beyonce. Really? I mean, who else is on there? Is nobody else that I would want to see?
5: Lauren Hill, we didn't see Lauren. We Hill. saw I her. Hill. <laughs> well, actually, I have a proposition for you. I have tickets during nope. the... to see Beyonce's movie. I'm good. I don't you... have anyone to go with. I'm going by myself.
0: Yeah, right. You'll find someone to go with. Avery will go with you.
5: <laughs> i like actually doing this by myself i'm totally fine with that i'll give beyonce that somebody was like my husband's like you're giving beyonce more money this is the my least husband? we can give her a friend of mine was uh, saying like you my didn't husband, get to that point oh i'm sorry a friend of mine who bought tickets to the movie was like my husband's like really you, you already went to two of her shows now you're gonna give her more of your money this is like a 14 dollars amc ticket like all the money we wasted on her not wasted but all e. the money we gave away to her shows e. yes of course i'm gonna pay 14 dollars to go see the movie We
0: We have never wasted any money ever in our lives. No, no. That was fun. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us. Also, thank you, Mina Kimes. And thank you, Beaumont Jones. And, of course, thank you to my man, Charlie Kravitz, and all of our great producers, Megan, Tez, Kevin, Brian, and Podville. You're the best. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.